This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to Connect with Community Waikato on Free FM 89.0. I'm Holly Snape from Community Waikato and have Paula from Bremer Trust with me again today, Paula. Um, thank you for coming in and joining us. We're going to talk a little bit today about the trust generally um, and we're going to talk about some of the um, initiatives you've been working on but also scholarship opportunity for people working in the kind of or studying in the medical space. So that's our show today. Uh, and like I say, thank you very much for being here. Awesome. Uh, let's start, though, with Bremer Trust. And you've been with the Trust for a little while now. Yes, I have. Um, I, I joined first as a trustee, actually. Uh, yeah. Probably, I think it was back in 2014. And mm. was a trustee for a couple of years. And then um, we we did some strategic planning and we looked at where we were heading and we needed to have some, sort of, you know, some resource to actually run the Trust. So I took over as Trust Manager. I think it was in about 2018, 17, somewhere around there. So, yeah, I've been have been the Trust Manager for a wee while now. So. I mean, yeah. it's it's got to be a pretty great and rewarding job too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're very fortunate to be both working in health but in, in a not-for-profit um, community-based uh, setting as well yeah. with our charitable pillars. Uh, we obviously own Braemar Hospital, but uh, we're quite separate in terms of being the shareholder, but our activities are around... Um, you know, education, medical research, funding uh, organisations in the charitable space, providing scholarships, and and also our, uh, I guess, our flagship activity, which is, um, f- you know, charitable surgeries or free surgeries through Braemar Hospital for eligible patients, which is a really, really rewarding. Yeah, um, I can imagine. Activity. We mm. we will, I think, touch on that a little mm. bit more a bit later. I um, I am curious about whether or not the changes to the health sector impact you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess they will once we all kind of know a little bit yeah. about what they look like. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously, I think uh, things like the Māori Health Authority will, um, I think, change things quite substantially for you know m- many people in our community in a, in a really positive way. Yeah. So we're, we're looking at all the time at working collaboratively with other organisations in that space. So I'm hopeful that you know those organisations working in a, at a primary health or community health space um, will have more resources and more ability to work with us yeah. as well. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, people see Bremer Hospital and they think you know private hospital and it's just about generating wealth or something like that. But that's not at all the co-papa of Bremer. No, no, it isn't. I mean, yes, we are. You know, the hospital is owned by a charitable trust, um, and it is a and, and for its intents and purposes, I guess, a commercial activity. Uh, but the hospital pays the trust a dividend each year and the trust uses that dividend to distribute to our charitable activities. So it, so that's that's what underpins who we are yeah. Yeah, as an organisation. We're going, to, we're going to spend a bit of time talking about um, the scholarship because um, that's an opportunity we want lots of people to know and understand. But before we do that, um, I'm quite keen to explore some of those other charitable activities that you're involved with. And, and you did talk about... Um, people being able to access um, medical care operations um, through the trust. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like, what kind of things they are, what kind of procedures 
Um, and what's the criteria for that? Yeah, sure. So yeah, we so we have a, what we call our Braemar Charitable Surgery Program, and it's really delivered in partnership um, with the, the surgeons and anaesthetists that work at Braemar. Um, and the trust funds the in-hospital costs of patients. So basically how it works is, you know, there are many, many patients who are who have been seen by a GP. The GP mm. says, okay, you've got a, you've got a condition, you, you might have, um, you know, a relatively minor procedure, but one that uh, is causing pain or discomfort and, and limiting your ability to, to live a, you know, um, a qual- good quality of life. And they can refer to one of our, um, to the trust, uh, that, that patient, mm. um, that patient, the, the eligibility criteria is really that um, they've got a, a procedure that isn't likely to be seen in a timely way in the public health system. So yeah. sometimes GPs have said to us, "Look, it's you know we know our patient's not going to be seen for two years, yeah. and so you know they, they've either um, lived the patients lived with the condition or they you know have sat on a waiting list." So, um, so those are the patients we're really targeting, I guess, uh, and and those patients generally don't have medical insurance. Mm. Um, don't, aren't covered by ACC and often don't have the financial means to afford private care. Yeah. So those are the, those are the patients that we're really targeting, and, and they can be referred to us. We have a, a process, a form that GPs can send through that referral. And um, we're talking. Are we talking about things like endometriosis? Um, uh, yeah, we're talking about things like um, uh, some general um, surgery procedures, like hernias. Oh, yes. um, that kind of thing. Um, some some. Um, place it's some sort of uh, endoscopy related um, uh, procedures but oral health um, dental extractions that require general anesthetic not ones that you can actually have done yeah. at your dentist but ones that require you know wisdom teeth that kind of thing that require and general. Why, why would that require like yeah what makes it require a general rather than just a general tooth extraction sure okay so they're, they're generally the more complex ones where someone might have an impacted tooth that mm. actually requires you know a little bit of um, drilling and work to get out as yes. opposed to just a normal Pulling. tooth that will, will pop out quite easily. So, and, and quite often we're seeing, um, unfortunately, seeing tamariki and children under five who have, have just got very bad mm. um, uh, teeth decay and they just aren't going to be able to sit in a chair mm. in a dentist room, even for minor extractions or yeah. work. And so for them... Uh, it's actually easier to, you know, to provide them with a general anaesthetic and and do the work that's required. So we do see a lot of children uh, yeah. in, in that dental space. Probably the predominantly um, as yeah. children. Um, yeah. You you recently had a. a an initiative around yep. oral care. Can mm-hmm. you talk us through what happened there? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were really, really fortunate to work in partnership with uh, Rokura Hawara Otainui, uh, who have clinics out in Narawahia, um, Huntley, and they're just opening one on in Enderley this Friday, actually, um, along with um, an organisation called um, YWAM Ships, who who have uh, shipping containers, and they provide dental care in the Pacific. Oh. And they go to Fiji and Vanuatu and Tonga, Samoa, all, and all the Pacific um, nations. But they haven't been able to with COVID. Obviously, they haven't been able to mm. get into the country. So they've actually been going around New Zealand with their shipping container, which has dental chairs and um, in it. And they do have been doing remote dental dental clinics with wow. um, in those communities. So they've been down the South Island. They've been on the east coast of New Zealand, uh, South Waikato. Uh, and so they joined with us um, and we set up at Narawahia, just adjacent to uh, Turanga Waiwai. And over Matariki, over the three days, uh, we had f- uh, five chairs. We, so we had, uh, Rokura has a mobile clinic. Yeah. Um, and we had uh, 
yeah, uh, the two other ch- other chairs. So we had two other mobile units. So we had five um, dentists going, and we saw about over 120 patients over those three days. That's and amazing. Yeah, it was really an amazing community-based initiative that we were just so. Yeah, yeah. I'm fortunate to be able to be involved in um, dental care is a really interesting one because it because you know your your teeth are fundamental to your health and I think sometimes absolutely. we don't quite realise how important it is. Oh, absolutely, and I think that you know for this one it was minor extractions, things that can happen uh, yes. with the dentist. It was. Um, and, and there was an oral educate health education yeah. message as well, but absolutely, you know, not a lot of people realise that, particularly the link between, um, uh, you know, poor dental outcomes and and um, heart conditions, for yeah. example, it impacts the yeah. valves or something. That's doesn't right. It? Yeah. yeah. So it's you know, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, quite. I was shocked. I think mm. when I first heard that, and I can't, still can't fathom the link. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So. but it's the same with even plaque as a bacteria, isn't it? Yep. So, so it's actually. If you have plaque, your body is fighting. That's correct. You know, yeah. a bacteria. Yeah. Yep. So it is important, even for those more simple jobs, um, to be done and done regularly. But the difficulty, of course, with dental care is that it isn't subsidised like other forms of primary health care. Well, that's and that is the big barrier. Um, you know, the under 18s are served, you know, um, well because it is free for under 18s. Yes. But obviously, once you, you know you get over 18. It isn't, and it's not cheap to go to the dentist. No. And so I think there's that element, and I think people leave it to till it becomes a big problem. Yes. Then they don't want to go because they're scared. And, and yeah. so I think we had a lot of stories from people who said, "Oh, I'm so you know so pleased that that happened, and now I feel happy about yeah. going because I know that I'm not going, and it's going to be a really bad experience. It's yeah. going to be a good, yeah, you know, a checkup rather than yeah, you know, significant work. So that was a, a really good outcome for us because. And so, did you have quite a number of adults coming through for that initiative rather than because you, you we were talking earlier about you're often supporting a lot of children yep. in, in the dental space yeah were there quite a number of adults accessing that yes so this one was all adults so oh, those wow. so, so those 120 odd people that came across those three days uh, it was all adults because we purposely focused on them because we knew that, yes. they, that they weren't um, you know there were barriers to access for the, for that group so um, and some some who did require uh, extra care were referred to our charitable surgery program if they did Great. need um, you know a bit more complex care yeah um, but we were, you know, we were able to just yeah, provide that really good dental care for, um, you know, a, quite a large group of people. Um, and, and it was just, yeah, everyone pulled together. It was just a yeah. fantastic community. It was great. Uh, really uh, awesome. The long term consequences of that are fantastic, too. Is that something you're likely to do again in the future? Yeah, I mean, we have talked about um, potentially doing that in another part. I mean, that was obviously yes. specifically North Waikato. Um, so there are, are opportunities. We cover Midlands, so we cover quite a range, yeah. a, a big area for, for in terms of our trust. So yeah, really interested in working um, with others in other parts of, of the region to do mm. something similar. But we've also talked about... Um, what other sort of screening or um, you know other types of things we could do in partnership with other organisations, whether it's some basic heart sort of checks or that kind of thing. So we're mm. we're in conversations all the time around that and looking to work with people who want to um, you know improve health outcomes through more more around education and also mm. um, prevention. Really, I guess yeah. so that we're not the ambulance at the bottom yeah. of the cliff, but <laughs> being a hospital, we're at we're at the top. You know, yeah, yeah, and that really is fundamental. Eh? That that education piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to take a short break um, and when we come back we're going to turn to the scholarship program um, 
we're going to talk all about the criteria for that and, and the kinds of things that, that people might consider doing. Sounds great. Fantastic. So in the meantime, we're just going to listen to a little bit of a 9 to 5 by uh, Morning Train, actually, by Sheena Easton. <coughs> Train, classic, classic tune for you there, Paula. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we've just been talking to Paula for Bramer Trust about the amazing work that's been happening in the community. Um, Bramer Trust um, working with the community, providing a range of sort of medical services, including um, fantastic initiative around um, oral care. But we're going to turn now to a, a slightly different um, service or initiative you're involved with, which is around the scholarship. And this has been the scholarship is something that's quite you're quite passionate about isn't it oh absolutely yeah we we um organizationally very passionate about capability building yeah um, and professional development right from um a secondary school level right through to you know postgrad so we like to be in all of that space and we kind of are in, in various points but yeah really passionate about the relationship we have with the University of Waikato we yeah. have um we have some sc- a scholarship program so we have a, a nursing second year nursing scholarship a second year um, bachelor of health scholarship and we have two uh, student research scholarships that we that we gift uh, provide annually and um that and both of those courses are quite new so so we've sort of uh the nursing scholarship this year was the inaugural one and we've we've just done our second uh health scholarship so 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 who qualifies um for one of those types of scholarships okay so those are uh, existing second year students in the program yeah and they uh need to have a a sort of a a b plus average so they need to be um academically performing um you know solidly but not they don't need to be a a plus, a plus student. Yeah, yeah. Um, they need to be um, thinking that they're going to reside here in the Waikato when they're finished. Yes. I know that that can change, but predominantly if they're, if they're planning to, you know, have a connection to this community. And um, we've been targeting um, groups of people who are underrepresented in health sector. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's and that and that um, can be um, Māori Pacifica. It could be other um, ethnic minorities. It yeah. could be. Um, people with disabilities, you know, you know anyone yeah. that's not really represented, um, you know, highly in the sector. And we also are really about encouraging, particularly with the Bachelor of Health one, that you know, medicine and nursing aren't the only options. There's a whole bunch of other really cool um, careers in health. So, so. okay, so um, the Bachelor of Health. I, I actually am not overly familiar <laughs> with, yep. with that bachelor. Mm-hmm. What sort of work does it prepare you for? Okay, so the University of Waikato's course is only two, is an on, only well in its third year now, um, so it's relatively new. 
very, very uh, Kaupapa Māori population health-based programme um, and that's something that was really important to us when we were yeah. learning about the programme was, you know, they have a very strong Te Ao Māori perspective on mm. their um, programmes mm. and it's very, very, as is the nursing um course as well so that's you know and there you're not uh, you're not training to be in a clinical role yeah but you might be in sports um, science type um, yeah. career po- population health community-based health so it's it's that sort of focus as opposed to clinical I guess excellent you'd be doing if you were doing a medical degree or a fantastic yeah. yeah and so they're very likely to coming through to the not-for-profit sector because we absolutely <laughs> we are in that space too that that's absolutely. really exciting yep but then you've got these research-based um, yeah, scholarships. Can you talk us through what they look like and what you okay. intend to get? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So the student research scholarships are um, really pitched at students who are doing, who are doing medical degrees or clinical-based um, programs. However, the first recipient, Karen Turanga, uh, was is actually working in oral health, and so it, she was she was actually looking at the connection between oral health and um, heart health. So oh, was, great! Yeah, following on from the conversation we've yes. just had, so it's not necessarily clinical. But the other student was a, a medical student from Otago, but lives in in the Waikato region. So yeah. uh, we are guided by those research topics uh, by the university. So they put some propositions or proposals to us and yes. say, which of those would you like those students, you know, research, uh, student researchers to um, do? And again, the focus there is, you know, unmet need, um, reducing yeah. inequities, um, reducing barriers to access. So the, the spin of those research projects is all very much about improving health outcomes for um you know those who who uh, might have barriers to access. Mm. So again, very much the same theme that goes through all our work, I guess. When you say yeah. um, you know researcher, um, do do they need to be at a particular academic level? Is this PhD? Is this masters? Or could is this potentially outside of the formal education framework? Um, no, they need to be tertiary based, yes. but they don't need to be a PhD or master's student so um, Karen for example was in her second year of the Bachelor of Health oh so, great yeah yeah. so it's really um, uh, the, the it, it's they're, they're really channeled through the university so the university mm. is identifying some research topics or the, or the students who are doing certain or have certain interests so it's very much driven really mm. really by that um, so but they don't need to be um, uh yeah, sort of later in yes. their <laughs> academic career um, type students. Do do they need to have achieved a particular um, academic level to be um, considered for the scholarship? Um, no, they need to. Well, I think I think that that side of the process is handled by the university. But again, they would be students. Um, in that you know B plus space, yes. so so good solid performing students don't need to be high flying you know A plus type students, uh, and so yeah that that and and also there needs to be uh, and the university will work this through with them a supervisor to um, yeah. supervise the research. So again, it's a an opportunity for someone interested in research to be able to mm. to be able to do that and learn how to. Um, yeah. I suppose, and so that's um, the other piece of it. It is, it is the university spotting talent and interest, and in, and in, in really nurturing and encouraging new researchers. Mm. Um, and often they have um, the two the two projects that that we uh, that we funded last year had medical associates who work at Braemar as part of their supervisory team. So mm. it was a, another good way for us to give back was through those clinicians as well. Yeah, yeah. no, that that does mm. sound fantastic. What do you do? 
with the research at the end of that period? Okay, so really good question actually, because again we like to, um, uh, because it is involved in, in, in stuff that's in our wheelhouse I guess, we like to use that research to inform our charitable activities. So if, if, if that's something that it does in terms of being saying, well look there's a gap here or there's an unmet need here, then we can actually go, okay, how can we, what could we do? as an yeah. organisation to help fill that gap. And it might be that, you know, there's a, a skill shortage or it might yeah. be that there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, some some opportunities to grow our charitable surgery programme in a different way. So we do use that research to inform our charitable work. So, mm. yeah, there's a double whammy there, I guess. Yeah. Are you creating a repository as well of the research? Yeah, yeah. It's, we're new, new to it. We've only done, um, you know, the last year was the first year, So we, but we are, um, you know, gathering that and yeah. the university is also gathering that because yes. they're, they're, they're working either at the U- university or at the DHB. So that's all part of the research program as well. So it is being used um, meaningfully yes. um, to inform decision making. So, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, how about the general public being able to access the information once it's been done? Is is there an avenue for that? Or is it at this point still something that I suppose is something you're growing into? Do yeah, you know what I mean? It is something we're growing into, but um, I think that, you know, it's not um, commercially sensitive, you know, it's, yeah. not, it's not so... It's not a secret. No, it's not a secret, <laughs> and I know that a lot of, because it's population health, there has been a lot of um, uh, uh, patients involved in the generation of the research, mm. so yeah, I, I uh, think as long as it met the university's criteria around what could be shared in, or not, it's, you know, not an issue about mm. that. Yeah, absolutely. If someone was listening to us at the moment and thought, I am actually interested in finding out more, how would they go about engaging the university to potentially put them forward for a program like this? And this might be a bit unusual. It's the WinTech involved or is this just a, a, a partnership with Waikato University? Um, at this point it's it's just a partnership with the Waikato University um, but you know really keen to work with other um, tertiary providers as well for yeah. sure um, but, that, but at the moment it's just with the university <clears throat> so I think um, the for people out there, I guess at the moment, the um, if you if you're in in the space doing a, a bachelor mm. of health degree or any kind of um, uh, course through the University of Waikato, it's a, it's about reaching out to the team there, um, and uh, and you know expressing your interest or or to your lecturer, I guess yes. as well. Just just if you if you are studying and you want to be involved in research and find out more. That you know, that's your first port of call because they know about what we do, and yes. then they can point you know those students in, the, in our direction. Are they also yep. likely to shoulder tap students? Do you think? Uh, probably, yes, yeah. I would say so because the the you know they know um, some of the students' interest areas. Yeah, and if they if they feel that there's a research um, potential opportunity there, then they will um, yeah shoulder shoulder tap those students. Yeah, yep, absolutely. I mean, it is exciting. There there you know aren't necessarily a lot of opportunities for this type of scholarship it yep. feels to me quite unique yeah i don't think yep. i've heard of anything quite i went through wakata university and and most of the others were yeah much more generic and this feels like a wonderful way to to absolutely support the sector mm-hmm. yep. yeah yeah absolutely and and i think um the other piece that we do is it's not just for those scholarships, it's not just a fund. We actually provide um, some paid uh, work experience as well. Oh, really? Yeah, so because I think that, 
you know, it's important to us to actually not just be encouraging the academic learning, yeah. but actually being able to apply that to a workplace setting and actually taking that learning and you know, and, and actually saying, well, how does this work in, a, yeah. in the real world? Yeah. So there's an element to our scholarships of, of a paid work and work placement as well. Um, That's actually really exciting because I think as a student too, it can be really hard to find a, a foot in the door of some places where, yeah, if there's an opportunity to really learn that applied um, knowledge. Yeah, so that, yeah. that's brilliant. Does that, yep. does that apply to each of the different types of scholarships? So that one is um, for the nursing one and the yep. health one. Um, nice. So there's a work placement. I mean, the student research involves some, pl- and, uh, you know, placement. And that might depend, I suppose, anyway. on the topic as well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but it's definitely for those two. And then we've obviously got the big MBA um, scholarship, which we can talk about next. Yes, let's mm. do that. Yeah. So, and, and MBA is not cheap to do. So no. tell us a bit about what you've got there. Yeah, I mean, this is a really exciting one. And, and what, what we've, I mean, I've worked in the not-for-profit sector for a very long time, like as you have. Mm. And I think we we know that um, people in not-for-profit are both not uh, t- time poor, very stretched. Yes. There's a huge amount of talent out there uh, and the organisations don't have a lot of money for professional development. And so we saw a really big opportunity to give back to the sector, but also yeah. to, um, to, you know, to grow health capability um, as well by offering an MBA, so a Master of Business Administration through the University of Waikato, which is their flagship leadership course. And yeah. how does that tie them to health? What, how, how does it need to kind of, um, you know, connect there? Yep. So we've um, we've said that for our, our it's it's a bursary um, of which is a fully funded um, mm. bursary for forty thousand dollars, which is the two years of the program, and we have pitched it at um, health sector. Um, people working in health, predominantly in the not-for-profit or community space that are yes. working in a frontline uh, type role, um, and that wouldn't normally get the opportunity to do this. So that is the criteria, so it's not for yes. everyone. They yeah. need to be working in health and, and probably more community public health yes. space. Um, and you know, we've been really careful. We had an information evening at the university last night, and while it says in our application form, you know, demonstrate your leadership, I, w- I want people to understand that leadership doesn't necessarily mean leading people. Yeah. It could yeah. be leading a project. It could be showing, you know, leading leadership through creating an initiative and, and yeah. getting that. And, and, and so I don't want people to be put off if they don't manage people um, because it's all about growing their leadership potential yeah. um, so that they can do more. Um, you know, for their organisations. And so if someone wanted to um, look further into that and, and apply for that, how do they go about it? Okay, so if you if you jump onto the University of Waikato website, onto their scholarships page, um, and search, uh, there's a search bar, and if you um, jump in there and put Braemar Charitable Trust, it'll bring up all our scholarships, and the MBA is in there. Uh, there is uh, the uh, expressions of interest are open through till the end of August, so there's plenty of time, mm. um, and you can and, and there's a process there of exp- of writing expressions of interest. One of the things, again, don't want people to, to put people off is that you do need a University of Waikato ID student ID number. Yes, and and, and if you've been to the university before, you've got one. That's you can right. Pop it in. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, um, it sort of leads you down a pathway where you hash, have to sort of. Um, enroll in the MBA but you're not actually enrolling in it yes you're just, you're just actually um <laughs> yeah. you know you're not committing yourself so I just want to make that yeah. really, really 
clear. Yeah, I, yeah. Th- I think that's fantastic and, and certainly encourage anyone working in that space to to look at um, at least exploring that as an option. Absolutely. It's a wonderful opportunity. It is, yeah. Look, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us again today. Um, really keen to catch up with you maybe in a couple of years' time to, to talk about the success of that, eh? Absolutely, we'd love to. <laughs> that thank you marvelous. so much, Holly. <laughs> You've been listening to Connect with Community Waikato, Free 89.0. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.